Hello, welcome to PRBC Worcester podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit of God illuminate your hearts. I need no other argument. And I, I need no other Enough. Oh, that Jesus died, and that He died for me. I need no Jesus died, and that he died for me, and my faith has found a resting place, not in divine, not green, I trust the ever-living Wounds for me sharply. I need no It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Sons of God. Victory. Amen. We bless God for today. We want to bless him for all the goodness he has shown us, his kindness, his love, and the favor we enjoy from him. We want to thank him. This day is a remarkable day, and it's very remarkable because of what God did. That's why I sang this song. Uh, whole of this week we have it's been the evangelism week and this is a great day for every Christian because we are all witnesses this is what we do this is we telling the world about Jesus Christ telling the world about God and how God has come to make his himself known to us through his only 
begotten son. Because man, throughout creation, after sin crept in, man has been trying to know God. Man has been trying to, through his good works, find God. But for us believers, we have what the world does not have. What we have is God himself, through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, coming down as full man so that we will know him. And it has uh, been by his grace that we have been saved. We have been saved from eternal damnation, from, from what the Bible is going to say, Revelation is going to say, the second death. So we may die. But when God resurrects us, we are not going to die the second time where he's going to the, the great white throne judgment where he's going to have all sinners come in front of him after they have died, resurrect them from death, and then cast them into the hell fire. We, we, we are not of that category because we have seen God himself come down on earth in the form of a man. His only begotten son, Jesus Christ, come to live this example. Come to live as an example for us to also live just like him. Just so we will spend eternity with him. We will go to a land where there is no death, there is no weeping. The Bible says he will wipe away all our tears. And it has, be, it has become necessary for us also, Church of Pentecost, all as Christians in a whole, to embark on this witness ministry this evangelistic ministry and that is what throughout this week we have been embarking on from monday we learned a lot we got to know how or what the obstacles of our evangelism ministry is we got to know a lot of things our, our deacon took us through a lot and it was great to have that encounter with God in that fashion. We met on the national level on Tuesday. We had the quiz. Thankfully, our brother from the New England region was second. And yeah, oh, you, can, you, can, you can give him a round of applause. That's great. It's coming from our region. And uh, on Wednesday, the, the regional meeting was also great. On Thursday, we try to reach out to ourselves just so we can find out how we are all doing. And it was great. The feedback was great. And on Friday, we came in here to fellowship. And I know a lot of you could not make it, but you are still online and we're helping with the online ministration. If the media team could help me with this, please. William? So today we are coming to, we are going to uh, take a look at our overarching th uh, theme for this whole week, being revived to share the gospel to all nations, being revived to share the gospel to all nations. And this is important because of the purpose of God, the original intent of God. And what is the original intent of God? The original, original, the will of God, reason why he created this world was to have his kingdom come here on this world, was to live with holy and blameless people because God is holy. So he cannot reside in 
or amongst people who are sinners. I have said here before that God created everything good. Sin crept in and it was the first bad thing that we witnessed from the beginning of creation. And so when it happened like that, before God was coming to spend time with Adam and Eve, after that, he had to send them away from Eden. So all what God has been trying to do is to restore Eden. He is trying to restore Eden, that peace that we had with him, that peace that we have in him, that relationship, that kind of God that we have, who can reside amongst men. In Revelation chapter 21, I think it's 21, when John was seeing the vision of the new Jerusalem coming down, he says that a loud voice from the throne came and said, Yea, I see the new earth coming down, and God is in it with his people. He is their God, they will be his people. So that is the intent of God. So for some reason, the plan of God changed, but the purpose of God never changed. Because his purpose was for us to, for him to have holy and blameless people and live amongst them. But the plan changed because of the deceiver, the devil. So, God had to change the plan. But the purpose wasn't changed. So what was the change of plan? That yesterday, Brother Dikin Ebenezer and I were talking to a Buddhist. And it was interesting the conversation was, was a great one. We, have, we never met someone who was into his form of religion and was so interested in listening to what God wanted to speak to him. And we were telling him that he, after speaking to him, he was telling us, oh, we see, I see parallels in your religion and my religion. And in my head, I'm like, ours is not a religion. What we have, I mean, religion will be like I explained before. Man trying to see God by his good works. But we didn't do anything. But God himself have come to, has come to live with us. And now we have seen him. He counted us worthy even when we were enemies. Whilst we were talking to him, he was listening. And I feel that if, if we had stayed a little longer, if we had spoken a little longer, this man would have converted so afterwards, what I told him was, I respect your views. I understand what you're saying. But the difference is, if I don't tell you this before going, whatever I came to do wouldn't be, would, 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 would amount to zero. The difference is Jesus Christ. The difference is Jesus Christ. When the plan, when the plan changed, so I told him that this is how it looks like. God is standing over here. This is his purpose. This is where he wants to go. And then I indicated that, so let's say I'm God. I'm going to the first seat. Whilst I'm going in a straight line, Dikin Ebenezer pushes me this way. So now the plan has changed. So to go here, now I have to take an angle distance, right? Or I have to go, come this way and then come this way. The purpose hasn't changed, but the plan has changed. Do we get it? So his purpose was to create holy people. People he can reside in and amongst. However, because sin crept in, the plan changed. So let's read something from Ephesians chapter 1 verse 
1 to 14. And let's see the original intent of God. What he wanted to do. Especially when the plan changed. When he wanted to create holy people. When he wanted to have a holy nation. When he wanted to have his kingdom dwelling amongst us. And the plan changed because of sin. This is what happened. Let's read Ephesians 1. Let's read 3 to 14. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. I'm using the NIV, thank you. So he wanted, he wanted us to be holy and blameless in his sight. And we don't know how long Adam and Eve stayed in in the garden. It could be a day, it could be a thousand years, it could be, we don't know. But the plan changed. So this is what God did. And God, the only thing that will obstruct God from coming close to us is sin. But this is what the Bible says. Let's read from verse 5. It says, however, in love, before the verse 5, it says, in love, he predestined us for adoption. To sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. His purpose is his will. His will is the reason why he created us. And so when the plan changed, through Jesus Christ, he had already predestined us to sonship through adoption. So he was going to adopt us because his son, who is he himself, has his spirit living in him, was coming to pay that ultimate price so that we will be pleasing and acceptable to God once again. Because man can never in his strength please God. The difference is vast. He is God and he is holy and we are men and we are sinful. The only way we can please God is his character, his spirit living in us. Brother Ebenezer and I were telling the, the man we spoke to yesterday to say that there is the beginning of everything. So there is going to be the end of everything. The consummation of everything is going to come. But when Christ comes to hang in the air, what character do you have in you that will attract you to him? And I use the magnet as an example. That when a magnet comes to hover around here, it only attracts things that have magnetic properties in them. That's why I'm telling you that the difference is Jesus Christ. So when the plan was changed, God says, let me use, let me reroute this. But I'll do it on my own. I'll feel it. I'll pay the price. You won't have to work for it. You won't have to be classified as a religious person. Because you, then you will be thinking of, I have to do this to please God. I have to do this to please God. I have to do that. Take this. Eat this. Not eat this. Go here at this time. No. We can never please God. Unless he himself is living inside of us. From the inside of us. So this is the purpose of God. Let's move on. Just a little bit. So in accordance with this. With his pleasure and will. Six. To praise his glorious grace. Which he has freely given us. In the one he loved. This is a re reiteration of what I mentioned before. He has given it to us freely. In him. We have, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, his purpose, 
according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. Now, Paul is even using the words interchangeably, his will and his purpose. And this was a mystery. This was something that we didn't know, we didn't understand. We, I mean, we, if you were Hebrew, if you were Christian, if you came to Sunday school, you know creation. And you know that God was residing amongst men. He used to come and visit them. Man could see God. But everything changed. Everything changed. But just so we revert to the original plan of God, it was a mystery to, so, to everybody who heard, even the Jews who were the example of the whole world, so that we, we, we who were once Gentiles, they do not understand this mystery. But that's what the Bible is telling us. And through Jesus Christ and this redemption, He justified us. He justified us of all our sins. Took away our sins. He became a sin offering. Was nailed to the cross. Made sin, the devil, the demons, a public spectacle. So that he will be glorified and we will be justified. So that we can please him. So that we will be called the righteousness of God. We will take up the nature of God. So that was the purpose of God's creation. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 21 says that many are the plans of, in a man's heart, but the purpose of God shall prevail. We've talked about him creating us to be holy and blameless and so that his purpose will prevail. So, so many of us here, sometimes we, we have plans, but we should know that before our plans comes through, God through us wants to have his purpose realized. Because his, his, his purpose is to save mankind. His whole purpose is to save mankind. So we can see from Jesus Christ's initial preaching. Let us read Mark chapter 1 verse 15. When he came here on the dusty, foot of, uh, dusty roads of Galilee, all he was preaching is repent. Turn around. Turn around because... And repenting is what? Turning around 180 degrees, right? Like this. Turn around and come to Christ. Because this is where the original intention was. Now, because of sin, we are facing here. So when he came, he said, The time has come. He said, The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. God himself on earth, preaching to us to repent, to turn away and believe the good news. He was the... He was an evangelist himself, preaching the good news to the people. John chapter 4, verse 34 to 35. When Jesus Christ and his disciples were, were, were tired, the Bible says God was tired, Christ was tired, and they sat by the well built by Jacob. And the disciples had to go buy food, and Jesus had to stay back. I wonder what kind of food or the quantity of food that they had to get that all the 12 had to go and buy. And Jesus has to stay behind. But you know what it's telling us? Jesus is pleased with one-on-one evangelism. Because the woman of Samaria was approaching and he knew it. How many of us knew that yesterday we were going out to preach? Amen. Thank you for praying for us. Jesus was pleased, is pleased about one on one or one to one evangelism. He was waiting for the woman to come. 
to tell her that no to receive to, to please God is not to go to the altars the mountains to go and pray is to receive Jesus Christ to receive Jesus Christ so when they came the disciples came I don't know the quantity of food that they bought when they came back they said rabbi eat something this is what God said my food he said is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. 35. Don't you have a saying? It is still four, is it? Okay, it's still four months until harvest. Or you can say, is it still four months until harvest? We can't wait for the harvest. Tell you, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Every day is a harvest day. Every day is a harvest day. So it's incumbent on us, children of God, who have been saved by hearing the word of truth to go out there, take the word out there, and preach the gospel of the kingdom. Preach the good news. Mark 1.15 said he was preaching the good news. We have to go because every day is a harvest day. The harvest is ripe. You only have to open your eyes. So Jesus said, it's satisfying. I, I, I am full. When I do the work of God. And what's the work of God? God's purpose. So that everyone will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And be saved. So, whilst they thought that, they thought that physically he was hungry. He was trying to tell them that, I am hungry because souls are, are lost. And the harvest is plenty. So the more I harvest or cultivate, the more I am full, the more I am satisfied. I am praying that this spirit of evangelism will enter into us today so that we will know that what we ought to do is the purpose of God, the will of God, the work of God. So it comes to uh, completion. So what is this the good news that Christ was teaching? It is the gospel of the kingdom. It is the message that speaks about the kingdom of God. God's love and also his wrath. So now we are in a dispensation of grace. So the wrath of God is not on us. But we, whenever we are preaching about the kingdom, we have to talk about the consummation of the age. Because there is going to be a time everything is going to come to an end. And Peter says that God is not a slacker. He's just patient. He's waiting. He's not going to end the world with water again, but with fire. So we talked about the second death. So we tell people about the love of God. God loves you. God loves you. That's why he gave his only begotten son. Yesterday we were, we were talking about something. Tilly was laughing. That even Paul was saying that it's hard for a good man to die for a, a man to die for a good man. But we were sinners and we were enemies of God. Yet, he died for us. So the end of everything is coming. We are preaching the good news. That news, the good news, the gospel that Jesus Christ himself was preaching whilst he was on earth. One time the disciples came to Jesus Christ and asked him when the end of age will come. Matthew chapter 24 verse 1 to 14. Let's see something here. Matthew 24, 1 to 14. Jesus left the temple 
and was walking away. When his disciples came up to him and to call his attention to its building. Do you see all these things? He asked. Truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone excuse me, will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will, that, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of the coming of the end of the age? Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars, rumors, rumors of wars, but see, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. See, what are we seeing now? Wars, rumors of wars, floods, earthquakes, all of these natural disasters, they are happening. But the end hasn't come yet. Let's see when the end will come. Because they asked Jesus when the end will come. And Jesus, the Bible says Jesus answered. He was answering them. Verse 7. Nations will rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. The end still hasn't come. 9. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted put to death and you will be hated by all nations because of me see now our persecutions don't come in death anymore sometimes the greatest persecution even in our dispensation is opposition to the ideas of god now you can't even preach the word of god to your friend a fellow human being even in your workplace but they can tell you about their sexual orientation and tell you that it is okay isn't that what's going on? So that's, 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 that's a form of persecution. I fell into one lately. At the appropriate time, I will, I will give this testimony. Not now, we're uh, way behind time. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Are we not seeing that every, after Jesus Christ left, so many religions have erupted and they are all saying that their prophet is the chosen one. They have the final message. Think around you. We, I don't need to mention names. And this is exactly what Jesus prophesied. But see, all this is happening, but the end hasn't come yet. But 13... But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then what will happen? The end will... Is the end not in our hands, believers? Sometimes we look too further. Yes, if you die today, your end has come. But if you want Christ to come and, and, and rapture you, this morning, my son was telling me, Daddy, when is Jesus going to come? As if he knew I was going to preach this. I haven't seen God before. I want to see God. When he grows up and God hasn't come, I'll tell him to be an evangelist. The last time he told me he wants to be a deacon. <laughs> I think one of the deacons called me and I called him, Dick, I think Deacon Richard or Deacon Sam. I said, Daddy, I want to be a deacon. Yes. 
The end will come when we take the word of God to all nations. See, they may not believe, but Bible says that as a testimony, if you could put that up, please. The gospel of this kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom. No, let me phrase, uh, say it very well. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, to all languages. And then the end will come. So, he didn't say that everybody must accept. But it should be a testimony. God should be satisfied to say that now my people have taken the word to the whole world. The ends of the world. Everyone. But could you believe that there is a place on this earth that they have never heard of Jesus Christ? Can you believe that? There is even a nation that you can't mention Jesus Christ over there. So, it's hard for an institution like the Church of Pentecost even to penetrate there. But by the grace of God, we are in over 100 countries trying to take the word over there. So, this is your Jerusalem. What are we doing? This is also the ends of the world because we have all races, we have all languages, we have all, uh, all people here. What are we doing? Before the consummation of everything, the word of God, this gospel of the kingdom, which I spoke about, that we talk about the love of God and the wrath of God that is yet to come, hasn't come now. We have to let the world know. And God will be satisfied to say that now this is the time. So the hour and the minute, we do not know, but we know the time. We know when, around when God is going to come. So when we see all these plagues coming, uh, not plagues, when we see all these natural disasters, all these wars, the Bible says that they must happen. But the end hasn't come. So you and I can catalyst the end, if I can say that. We can, we can expedite it. And that is why we have a day like this, or a week as this. Yesterday when we went, it was so fulfilling that afterwards when we were giving our closing remarks, everybody was saying that, let's do this every month. Let's do this every month. By the grace of God, we had four people who gave their lives to Christ. Is that Gloria over there? Excuse me, are you Gloria? Uh, the white lady sitting next to you? Okay, that's not her, I'm sorry. We had a lady who said, we'll come to church today. I confused her for her. We had four people receiving Christ. And as of yesterday, if they died, where are they going? Heaven. They're going to join Christ in eternity. They are, eternity is secured. We had uh, uh, people, when we closed, we saw two people. When we had gathered, and the Spirit of God told me that let's go there. I told Brother Ebenezer, let's go to that's ghetto. <laughs> and when we got there, they were sucking us. They were telling us, no, 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 I'm good. I don't want to hear this. And then he said one thing. He said, from all that is going on, I, I don't even believe there is any God. And then I sat down because I felt that that's the time or that's the moment that God wants me to speak to the, this person. That's the moment God wants us to speak to, to them. And we spoke to them. They had needs. See, there is no amount of wealth we can attain here and still be satisfied because the soul will still be craving for something and that is the peace in god so when we were speaking to them we're telling them of jesus christ and the love he has for them and we tell telling him that god has a purpose for them we're telling them that god loves them 
We're telling them how everything became and how everything is going to be. Now they were attentive. Now the very one who was sending us away, when I gave the invitation, he was telling the brother, are you ready to do this? Because I want to do it. You can ask Brother Ebenezer and uh, Tilly, Dickness Tilly. And then we led them to Christ. Praise be to God. You have no idea how many people are there, even in the streets that we, t- we walk by every day. Who want to hear the word of God? Let me share this testimony with you. I had the chance, every, you all know, the beginning of the year, I spent some time with uh, some young adults in Wisconsin and Chicago. We spent about seven weeks together. There was a time where everyone was, was so down, everyone was so depressed, everyone was going to see the psychologist because they... they because of anxiety, because of depression, because some people wanted to kill themselves. Someone used a razor blade to cut the veins, his, his veins over here. Someone drank a full bottle of sanitizer. People, people were depressed. So one time, I stood up and prayed to God. Because I was seeing all these things going on and I told God, what can I do? I, I want to help. I feel like any time I see anyone in any situation, I feel like I can do something about it. What can I do? But now I want to tell them about you because I feel that you are who they need. You are what they need at this present time because they go to the psychologist and there is a pre-printed questions that they ask. And if in everything they ask, they say yes. So they come back and say, oh, I know I have... Uh, panic, fear, what, what's that called? Yes, panic something. <laughs> I have depression, I have this, because everything she said was right. I was, I was experiencing it. And yes, it's going to be right because they have studied this over time. You are always a test result for them. You are always a complete test result for them. So I was praying to God, what can I do? And God asked me to preach to them. And I said, I am shy. So they can reach it. That's why when you ask what are some of the obstacles that impede us spreading the word of God, I was the first to mention and I said, shyness. Because I have been through it. And then I prayed to God to give me the spirit of boldness. And this, this is it. This is from 20th January. I just, this, this is the sermon. It was just about 8 to 10 minutes. And I preached about forgiveness. Let me just read this. Oh, no one anything but love. And I put here Luke 27, verse 36. Uh, Luke 6, 27, 36. Love your enemies. Matthew 18, 21 to 22. Forgiveness stems out of pain. No, unforgiveness stems out of pain. Anger. Dissatisfaction. Unmet expectation. A trial, temptation, or a test. And then I told them that there is no temptation that will overtake them. And then I used a little military terms to say integrity and toughness initiative and toughness be tough forgive love and after i finished speaking all of these young adults were crying searing and then i said god you're working here father you're working here this is actually what they needed not the pills because they will keep going back they need christ The soul need Christ. I was explaining to uh, our friend we met yesterday that, see, this flesh is walking in a sinful world. 
So the soul that is struggling between the flesh and the spirit is always going to the stronger side. And if you allow the flesh to take over the spirit, then the soul is always going to be here, where the flesh is. Because the soul will be resurrected. And it will be resurrected and judged according to what the flesh led you to do. So when you have the Spirit of God in you, now the soul comes this way. It leaves the flesh. Then now the soul and the Spirit will be helping the flesh to live the life that the Spirit of God in you wants you to live. That's what we have as Christians. That's the simplicity of our message. Thanks be to God that the seven weeks that I spent there, ten people received Christ to the glory of God. And whilst I was there, even at 2 a.m., people come to wake me up to pray with them, to pray for them. I've called mommy. Mommy has a heart attack. Please pray. If you don't pray, he would, she would die. And that's how we became. I became like the light. I, no effort. I just asked God, give me the boldness to speak. This is what we need. The boldness. Let's get over all the shyness and every obstacle, everything that will obstruct. Because the devil is, is also there. He's trying everything so that the word of God will not spread. That's what we are seeing, all that we are seeing. They are legalizing almost everything so that it becomes a law. So when it's you, you are trying to preach the word of God against it, you become like a lawbreaker. The devil is doing everything. But you know what? It will take us to be bold and confident to go out there and influence the world. So until this word is spread throughout the whole nations, Christ is not coming. So we have work to do. We really have work to do. How can we preach the word to all nations? Firstly, we must have and exhibit characters of a witness. I put here that we have to be prayerful. We develop a relationship with God through prayer. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18, we're not going to read Secondly, we have to be submissive. So these are a few godly characters that we can possess to be able to preach the word. When we are humble and teachable, we possess that character that can help us share the word of God. Many of us run off with whatever we hear from any pulpit, but we need to study the word of God, asking the Holy Spirit's guidance. John chapter 5. Verse 19. We have to learn for ourselves. Lastly, I put here that holy living. We have to abstain from sin. Because we know that we have to be Christ-like to be able to teach others. To be like Christ. Uh, Paul tells Timothy, 2 Timothy verse, chapter 2, verse 2. We can read that when we go. We have to be Christ-like. Talking of Paul, he was a great missionary. He was a great evangelist. I put a few things here. What was his drive to preach the word of God? Let us read 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 11 to 20, I guess. Give me a few more minutes, please. I will wrap it up soon. The ministry of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 11 to 20. Since then, we know... That it is the fear of the Lord which, since then we know what it is to fear the Lord or revere Him. We try to persuade others. 
what we are going, what we are is plain to God. And I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our minds, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all. And those who live should no longer live for themselves, but live for him who died for them and was raised again. 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Meaning we don't see anyone in the flesh anymore. We see everyone as a potential soul that could be born for Christ. A potential brother. We see everyone. So we don't see people outwardly and judge them. We see people and, and in judging them, we, we say that, oh, he's so sinful, he can never make it to heaven. No. We see people as we see Christ. As we see, as we, we see Christ would have seen them if he was here. Because Christ came and because he was compassionate, he died for everyone, even the sinners. And he died for the sinners. So that they will attain sonship. 18. No, uh, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. So this is how we see people. That they can be new creations. That's why we are compelled to preach to them. That's why we have that drive. Paul had that drive to preach to them. All things, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. This is our obligation now. This is our mandate now. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Go out there. We have this commission. We are being commissioned to go out there with the message of reconciliation. 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you in Christ, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So what, what are the few things that drove Paul to be this passionate about evangelism or witnessing? Firstly, I put here that the assurance of a new creation, like I mentioned in uh, verse 16 and 17, that if, that if a soul is brought to Christ, he's made a new creation. Paul was assured that when you come to Christ, you turn away from destruction into a holy living. And then you attain eternity. You have a share in the kingdom of God. That's how he saw people. He was assured that no one is going to destruction if we preach the word of God to them and they receive. So he had the drive to preach to them. Secondly, his compassion for the lost souls. And we'll see that in verse 13 to 15. We can put that down when we go home. We can read. We love Jesus. That's why we are concerned about his souls. We are concerned about the creation, the man that he has created. We love Jesus so much so that we know that when, if Jesus was here in person, he would have compassion for these lost souls. 
So we have the drive, or Paul has the drive to want to preach the word of God. And lastly, he was charged. He was charged. Like I said, he was commissioned to preach the word. The ministry of reconciliation has been given to us. God saved us to serve. And he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. We are serving. We are in his stead. We are his ambassadors. Telling what he would have told if he, to the lost ones if he were here. So that they will come to the saving knowledge. Today, our theme, what we spoke about is being revived to share the gospel to all nations. What is your drive? What is your drive? There are souls out there that are being lost. What drives you to want to come out of your comfort zone and preach the word of God to them so they come to the saving knowledge of Christ so that they will be rewarded when, I mean, we are going to be rewarded when we go to heaven, when we have this ministry of evangelism, the passion for evangelism, because Christ says in Revelations that I am coming and I am coming soon and I come with my reward. He's going to reward us. When a soul is won in heaven, the whole host of heaven jubilates. Wouldn't you be happy if you are the cause of, I said it the last time, the party that goes on in heaven? Wouldn't you be happy? I want you to look in yourself and f find out what your drive is. So that we can all together, collectively as a church, and even individually, as Christ did, go out there, share the message of the kingdom of God, so that people will be translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. May God bless us all and help us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just be on your feet. Just be on your feet. Be on your feet. Be on your feet. We want to give God all glory for his word this morning. A very timely word as he was speaking and he got to the point that uh, we are the ones that can expedite the coming of Christ. Hallelujah. How many of you heard that one? How many of you heard that? Just, just, just wave to the Lord. And then I just kind of turn around to look at the reaction of the people here. I'm thinking some sisters say, oh, come on, elder. My wedding is coming. I don't want to expedite the coming of Jesus. Somebody says, I'm waiting for the stock market to get really Good. Jesus coming quick. You might be thinking the same too, wouldn't you? See, but the fact is there is nothing, absolutely nothing here on this side of the universe that can be compared to the glory that is awaiting us. Oh, hallelujah. If you believe that, shout a big amen. amen. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. Uh, a believing amen. amen. Yes. That is so true. It doesn't matter what we fancy here in this world. You can quantify all that makes you giddy and happy and fulfilled. But the Bible says there is nothing that can be compared to the glory that awaits 
those of us who have entrusted our faith in him. I'm sure there is somebody in your Jerusalem who has not found this faith. Many of our family members don't even know who Jesus is. The other day my wife and I were just taking an inventory and I realized that my little sister doesn't seem to know Christ a whole lot. And here I am, a pastor preaching to all of you. I got work to do. I got plenty of work to do. The people in my neighborhood, they all know that I'm a pastor of this church. But I see them do all stuff, and I'm sure that there might be one a couple who still don't know who Jesus is. I got work to do. Put yourself in that same situation. Perhaps you haven't analyzed it that critically. But this morning, even as the word of the Lord has come, I just want us to analyze it. Which best friend of yours still don't know who Christ is? Which girlfriend of yours, and I'm talking in terms of a girly, girly friend, says, let's go have fun, says, let's go shopping, says, let's go there's sale in Macy's, who still has no clue who Christ is. But we still talk to them, we have fun with them. You probably just went to her party last night. We got work to do. I just want you to be silent and close your eyes for a few minutes, even before we get ourselves into prayer. Being revived to share the gospel to all nations is the message that we have heard this morning. And it takes us, every single one of us. There's no excuse for us to say, but pastor, I can't speak. Pastor, but as he said, I'm a shy person. Pastor, I, I'm not that eloquent. Pastor, they're not going to even listen to me. The fact of the matter is not you. It is the spirit that lives in you that speaks through you. All we got to do is make that step, make that move, desire to do that which the Father has entrusted unto us. That is our desire this morning. And even as you meditate upon these words, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will bring a new conviction to our hearts. Look at your Jerusalem, look at your Judea, Look at your Samaria. Look to the utmost parts of the world. And you realize that we got work to do. The colleague at work. The friend that you just met in school because you're in college now as a freshman. You're in high school now. The friend that you went to school back in the days with and you heard last night, last week, last month. The life is horrible. We got work to do, church. And that is what we have been called to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. A charge to keep I have. A God to glorify. And soul to save and fit for the sky. 
every prayer for you. Try to keep her charge to keep. It comes to glorify, yes. And never dying. desire for us and therefore we are praying according to your word this morning may you revive us anew may you let your love saturate in us that we will see that brother as a winnable soul we will see that sister as a winnable soul we will see the homeless person as a winnable soul that we will go with boldness and passion to speak your word the message of reconciliation unto them. Revive in us that spirit. Lift your mouth, somebody, and begin to pray right now. Yes, Lord, revive, 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 revive. We need a stirring, oh God, of the Spirit. We need a revival and awakening, oh God. In the name of Jesus, somebody open your mouth and talk to the Lord. Reboto sandelebe kandaba, leba sandelebo si andelebelebos. Rapata yandori patandelelelele. Reboto sutolebelebelebelebos. Mayandori patandelebelebelebelebe. Renew in us, O oh God. Revive in us, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. Masandori patandelebelebelebos. Reboto sukabande. In the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to make this very meaningful to you. For the next 10 seconds, I want you to begin to imagine all your brothers, sisters, friends, colleagues, neighbors that you are aware that have no knowledge who Jesus Christ is. Just take that few 10 seconds before we pray. Do an inventory. It would amaze you what we sometimes overlook in our own family, in our own household. Perhaps your husband even, perhaps your wife even. Five seconds more. Do that inventory. Mato si Cause us to remember, oh God. 
If you remember how far you have brought us and where you took us, for we know that you will be able to do the same for these ones. For this reason and purpose, the Son of Man was manifested that he would destroy all the works of the enemy and set captives free. Now that you have made that inventory, lift your hands up. Lift your hands up, everybody in the house. We're making a commitment unto the Lord. Lord, use me. Use me. To bring these ones to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lift that hands up. That is your calling, brother. That is your calling, sister. That is our calling. Use me to bring my neighbor to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Use me to bring my sister, my brother, my husband, my wife, my uncle, my grandmother to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is all we're praying for. That you would fill us with much unction, power, ability that comes from the Holy Spirit to speak boldly this gospel of reconciliation. Opium Alpha begin to pray right now. Maso tabrande lepe. Yay, kabande rebeo satamba. Ask him, ask him, ask the Lord for the boldness. Ask him for the eloquence. Ask him for the words to speak. Ask him for the right thing to say. Ask him to bring you to that environment. Reboto siterebebebehandele. Rapatabo sendebebebebebos. Repetendelebo handelelelelelelele. In the name of Jesus, we pray for grace, O oh God. Use us, O oh Lord. Use us, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, we bless your name, O oh God. Thank you, Lord. planted our feet it amazes us but it speaks of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ that is why we find ourselves where we are this morning that is where we see ourselves where we see ourselves today this is our prayer oh God we have had an evaluation this morning we have looked at our Jerusalems. We have looked at our Judea. Yes, we even went to Samaria. We are picturing what is going on in the utmost parts of this world. 
And we have come to the conclusion, oh God, that we got work to do. We have work to do. We pray in the name of Jesus, according to your word this morning, that it is your desire that you will revive us to speak of this gospel message, to possess all nations. Use us. Oh Lord, use us. I pray for that young girl who wished that she could speak to that sister and bring her to the saving knowledge of Jesus, but she's afraid. Grant her boldness. In the name of Jesus, I pray for that young man who knows that his best friend is in a really dire situation, but he is clueless. That's one message to even tell him. Father, bring revelation and bring the spirit of utterance. Pray for the family whose mother, father, sister, brother, uncle, husband, spouse is still in the world. That you will use us, oh God, to draw them nigh to you. Yes, you can do it. This morning we've availed ourselves unto you. Use us, oh God. May we be the light in this dark world. May we be the hope in this despair. May we bring life, oh God, in a dead situation. Because that is who you have made us to be. Your spirit that indwells us, propels us to do so. That is what we ask, oh God. That we will not sit here in this box, pretend to do church, but we will go out there, oh God, fulfilling your great purpose. That at the end of it all, your name will be glorified. Hey, this is our desire, oh God. Use us. Use us. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your servant through whom you spoke to us. Continue, oh God, to stir that fire in him. We thank you that you have taken that which was an impediment in his life and you're taking him to another level. May the same be our portion in the name of Jesus. That we all can say we have done the master's work. And you will have a cause to say, well done, good and faithful servant. To you be all glory, to you be all honor for what you are doing even in the midst of your people. In the mighty name of Jesus we have prayed. Amen. amen. Oh, amen. You may please have your seat. Even as we get ourselves ready to dine with the Lord. A reminder of what we have heard even this morning of his word. Do this in remembrance of me. And whenever you do this, continue to proclaim the death of Jesus Christ until he comes. That is our mandate. That is our calling. So even as we get ourselves ready to dine with the Lord, I just want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 downwards. Get your minds prepared and let this be upon your heart that you have been deemed worthy to dine with the King of kings and the Lord of lords by no effort of yours, but only by grace, his love and mercy for sinful men and women like you and I. Therefore, as we see who we are now in Christ Jesus, it calls upon us to be able to go out there and even bring more of our friends and relatives even into this fold. Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 says, For I received 
from the Lord that which I also deliver to you. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. For this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And verse 26 says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you, all of us, proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That is the charge that he has given us. Therefore, as you ponder over the word and get your minds, your hearts and soul ready to die with the Lord, remembering this King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who was king but became a slave, who was rich but became poor, so that we may become rich. Make sure that you are also remembering his charge. That as often as we eat and drink of this, we should proclaim his death until he comes. Shall we be eyes closed for a moment even as we ponder over this word? Thank you, Lord. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss. The father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one. Bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon the cross, my sins upon his shoulders. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there. Until it was accomplished, his dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. Oh, I know that it is finished. I know that it is finished. I will not boast of anything, no gift, no power, no wisdom, <laughs> but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer 
By this I know with all my heart His wounds have paid my ransom Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer By this I know with all my heart his wounds have paid my ransom. Somebody sing that last stanza. His wounds have paid my ransom. Oh, his wounds have paid my ransom. Oh, his wounds have paid. Shall we be on our feet? And even as you take your emblems. Yes, indeed, it is your body, O oh God, that was broken for us. That we will be renewed and restored and edified to do that which you have called us to do. This is your blood, O oh God, I will shed for the redemption of our soul, our body, and our spirit. That we would have a bond with your only son, Jesus. We pray that you sanctify these emblems. Even as we begin to partake of it, it is our prayer that you cause us to remember the price that has already been paid on Calvary. Not only that, but we would also remember the charge that you have given us. That we proclaim your death until you come. The message of reconciliation. Let it bubble within our hearts and our spirits. It is my prayer that as we partake of your body and drink of your blood, bring renewment, bring edification. Bring that revival that causes us to preach your gospel. That your glory will be made manifest in the whole nations. We bless you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, this is the body of Christ. Go ahead and partake of it. This is the blood of Jesus. Go ahead and partake of it. So 
him up, give him praise, Matosa. We glorify your name, Jesus. We honor your name, oh God. May you receive all glory. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory, Lord Jesus. Somebody lift your mouth and give him praise. We thank you, Lord. Receive all glory. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Give a mighty hand to Jesus. Give a mighty hand to Jesus. Thank you once again for joining us. We pray you were blessed. Please don't forget to click on the other episodes to continue in your journey with us. Don't forget to also share and follow this podcast. May the good Lord bless you.